Hello, and welcome to the first episode of Magic in the Mind podcast. I'm your host, Alice Strange, and this podcast is where psychology and spirituality intersect. Today, we're talking about quarter-life crises and Saturn return and how they're not the same thing, but they're kind of the same thing. (laughs) So a quarter-life crisis is psychologically defined as a time period around your late 20s and early 30s where a person may feel anxieties and doubts about their life. Common issues in a quarter-life crisis include looking for a job, planning a career, making professional or personal long-term decisions, learning to navigate relationships, and living alone for the first time. A lot of people around the age of mid-20s to early 30s are just kind of like now leaving their home with their parents where they grew up and living on their own for the first time, dealing with relationships that are different because now we're suddenly adults and (laughs) making decisions towards a career, which can be super stressful. When they study this, the evidence shows that there is a dramatic increase of stress during this time period in someone's life. Just crazy amounts of stress. But the hopeful part is that they see a great increase in positive emotions. So this is kind of something that you can work through, get through, come out of, and be a better person. After a few years of that, then you kind of hit this like significant improvement in your life satisfaction that will continue in your life. And it's not that the rest of life is easier because it's not, (laughs) but you, through this time of difficulty, basically learn how to have a less emotional response to stressors in your later life. It's a good thing in a way, but hard for sure. So I'll share with you. I'm turning 30 this year. And when I say this year, I mean in like 16 days. (laughs) I don't know when this uh, episode is going to go out, but probably by the time you have listened to this, uh, I'm 30 now. And it kind of hurts to say that. (laughs) I feel a little, I don't know. It's a strange feeling to have lived my whole life, you know, being a kid and then being a teenager, like no responsibilities. No one in general life settings looks at a 15 year old and says, oh, you got to have your crap together. (laughs) You have all your shit together. Like, no. That's not how that works. (laughs) Uh, And that kind of continues into your early 20s. You know, people think, ah, they're just kids. They're just, they're adults, but they're just kids. And I really do feel like a kid. I think that's the hardest part for me. I feel like a kid. I feel mentally like I'm like 21, 22 years old. And, you know, this is something that I've experienced most of my life, feeling that I am not the age that I physically am. You know, it's it's a strange psychological phenomenon, but it does happen to people. And they say people who feel younger than they are will live longer. <laughs> I read that in a textbook, actually. So uh, 
scientifically backed up, if you feel internally that you are younger than you physically are, you might have a longer life. Super cool little fact right there. <laughs> Another thing that worries me about turning 30 is, you know, you see all those memes about like, oh, when I was a kid, I could sleep, you know, upside down, hanging off my bed, and I'd feel great the next morning. And now I'm 30 years old, and here I am laying in my bed in a comfortable position, and when I wake up, my whole neck is totally fucked. And <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it hurts. I'm also someone who struggles with chronic pain. Um, so it's true that I will wake up in the middle of the night and feel like my back is on fire, even with a, a brand new, really nice mattress and, and doing everything I can. <laughs> I can confirm that this, this is not just a myth. It, it has some basis in reality, those memes. But like not even just muscular pain or joint pain or whatever. My health in general is getting a little sketchy. I keep finding new issues and I don't fear going to the doctor. I don't dislike it in any way. You know, it was very normal when I was growing up for my parents to take me to the doctor if I was genuinely sick or something, which wasn't very often. But, you know, I feel like if I went into the doctor for everything that's wrong with me, they would start getting really annoyed or maybe really worried. <laughs> I don't know. But if I hit like three or four things that are kind of wrong with me that I just feel like I need to talk to a doctor about at about three or four different issues, then I'll say, okay, <laughs> let's schedule a doctor's appointment. You know, and I've, I've had surgery this year, two different surgeries, and I've got just so much going on with my health and it's coinciding with the 30 year old thing. And, and that sucks a lot. And sometimes when I think about turning 30, I get a little existential, like a big yikes, man. <laughs> it's uh, rough. It's rough. I don't know if any of you out there can relate to that, but if you can, please send me a message to my email address in the description of the podcast. I would love to hear your stories about when I turn 30 or, you know, whatever. Definitely shoot me a message. Another thing that comes with a quarter-life crisis is there's kind of a misconception. And I don't want to say kind of. There is a huge misconception, especially among people who are older right now, you know, in their 50s and 60s, they will say that, well, this is the best time of your life. You're finally free. You have money to spend. And even though, like, most of us don't, the general consensus is that there's no reason to feel this way because this should be a fun and easy stage of life. And that is not true. <laughs> and I'm going to lay down some science for you guys to give you a little evidence behind the quarter life crisis, okay? It's usually divided up into four stages. The first stage will consist of feeling trapped in some type of commitment. You feel trapped in some way, like you need to move on, you need to go, you need to get out. This could be anything from a job, a relationship, like simply family expectations, or rent is due because you moved out of your house with your parents and now you have bills and, and that's a scary thought. And, and there's also a lot of people in this first of the four stages of 
a quarter life crisis where they feel like they're kind of in pretend adulthood. The next stage in a quarter life crisis, the second stage is separation or loneliness. Somehow, some way, in most cases, there's some kind of isolation. You know, you're living at home in your new apartment and there's no family around. There's no girlfriend around because you dumped her because you were having a quarter life crisis. You know, there's lots of things that have aligned and a lot of people go through a stage of isolation. And that's kind of the most important part because people start to start to think real deeply about themselves, kind of like a self-reflection period. And people will end up reevaluating their commitments, seeing what they like, what they don't like, what serves them, what doesn't serve them, and thinking about their future. Where am I going? What do I have to do to get to XYZ career? Or do I have to go to college? Or is it better to go to a trade college? Or is it better to, or trade school? Or is it better to just find a job and work my way up? There are so many options. And, you know, this has a lot to do with like family conditioning as well, like expectations from family or like what your mom and dad did for their careers. And like, there's there's kind of like a preset idea of what you should be doing. And often what you think you should be doing doesn't line up with every, everybody else, what they're telling you. And man, that's hard. You start self-reflecting and reevaluating, even though you're not isolated. If you start doing that reevaluation, you tend to start to isolate yourself a little bit. Maybe not a lot, maybe not in big ways, but one way or another, you're going to end up finding time alone to think about these things. The third stage is kind of about trying new things. You've reevaluated, you've self-reflected, and you've come out with this list of, of things you think you need to do in order to live your best, most successful, happiest, most relaxing, whatever your goal is, reaching that point in your life you're going to start implementing new things into your life and reaching out in new ways. Hopefully, if we can stay motivated and get through it. A lot of people start new relationships. Another common one is they'll start having a new friend group. You know, you'll go to some random thing, uh, some, some themed party or a tabletop gaming group at your college. <laughs> I did that. Or, I mean, if you're less of a nerd, maybe you're doing sports and you start hanging out with your sports friends. That's that's much less nerdy. And, and you find friends. You find a new friend group. Create bonds between those people and yourself. Another really big one is people will start, like, finding new hobbies, which is, like, wow, such a great, like, as someone who works at a crisis hotline, looking at finding new friends that person who says, I don't have any friends. I don't have anyone to turn to. I don't have anywhere to go. At some point, they're going to have to find friends. They're going to need somebody to talk to at some point. 
So suggesting, you know, getting a new friend group or finding new hobbies or finding a line of work that really sparks your passion, volunteering, you know, like all of these things are great when you feel down about yourself. It's part of that quarter life crisis. And I would tend to say that most people who call a crisis line don't feel like they have many people to turn to. Some do, some do, but a lot of people don't. But like that loss of like, this is something I used to be really interested in and I don't do it anymore. You got to find things to fill your time. Find new hobbies. Do you like woodworking? Do you like coloring? Do you like building things that you can focus your extra attention on? And that's one of the best ways to get through the hard parts, the hard parts. Like we talked in the second stage, you know, the reflection, the reevaluation and the isolation. It's, it's hard. It's hard. It's also very common, which is sad. Ruminating, pensive self-reflection, you know, reevaluation. If you're stuck there, maybe trying to like get a jump start on the third stage with making new friends, finding new hobbies, doing things that make you happy. Like, and I would say finding new friends and finding new hobbies are like the two best. So, yes. After the third stage is the fourth stage, which is kind of just, it just consists of settling in and realizing that it's over, coming out on the other side. And, you know, you're going to feel more motivated. You're going to be happy. You're going to have clarity. You know, when you suddenly don't feel in crisis anymore, all these positive things pop up and you start feeling great again. And that's not uncommon. (laughs) I cannot say that enough. People think, I'm 23 years old. I should be out partying. I should be out hanging out with my friends. I should be out doing all these things. But I'm just sitting alone in my dorm room and thinking about my life and how much I hate it. People struggle with this. And so, you know, a quarter life crisis is a serious thing. But yes, when you go through these stages of the quarter life crisis, it's a lot like just kind of getting a little bout of depression for a good while. You know, if that's, it's a lot of what it is. Maybe not severe depression, you know, you're usually just thinking about how much you don't like what you're doing right now. Your future, how much work that's going to take to get to, stuff like that. You're usually not having like a lot of those really negative self-talks kind of things coming through. But it's kind of something that we all have to go through. Maybe not everybody. I'll take that back for sure. If we're going to talk about myself personally, I'm I'm like coming out of stage two, the reflection, and coming into stage three. You know, I started school up again, obviously, if you've listened to my intro episode, we talk about that. So I'm going back to school for psychology, pre-counseling. You know, I'm setting, I did the thing, right? I chose new careers or a new career and I am putting things in place for my future. I did get a whole new friend group. All my old friends are gone, not because I dumped them, but because they just kind of fizzled out. But I got a new friend group, which is still fluctuating. I still meet people here and there who kind of come into my circle and then some still go out. It's it's a it's a changing, evolving thing. And look, look where I am. I found a new hobby. I'm doing podcasts. 
that's so fun. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, it's it's kind of funny. But yes, I I have been experimenting with hobbies and things that I do like to do. And I'm ready for that stage four. Feeling motivated and happy and clear in the mind. But besides me, it can last for years. It can. It's not always or hardly ever really just a quick like four month thing. This is going to last a long time, a few years maybe, and it can repeat itself. You can go into self-reflection, rethink everything, plan out your life, and then dive into starting new careers and hobbies and friends and relationships and then suddenly be like, oh wait, no no, this is wrong. I actually don't like this. And you go back, <laughs> you go back to the self-reflection and, and that rough part and you do it again. And, you know, even if you don't realize that you don't like what you chose to do out of that first self-reflection period, maybe you got it wrong and you start to live it and you're like, no, this is fine. This is fine. Cause you know, no one wants to admit that their future is not fine. <laughs> you know, then then you can kind of just eventually push for so long to have this new way of life. And life has a way of just sucking you right back in and saying, mm, buddy, this isn't going to work. Sorry, bud. But in the end, a quarter life crisis really is just a growth opportunity. And it leads to a happier life. And we talked about the piece earlier where people say, oh, this is the best time of your life. You should be living it up. Actually, According to the statistics, the mid-20s and early 30s are straight up considered the worst time in life emotionally. It's rough. But after a quarter-life crisis, we learn better emotional regulation, or there's also an option of learning to dismiss our emotions so we don't dwell on them and let them take over really kind of just goes with how healthy your coping skills are, how healthy your brain is, and what patterns you've had shown to you throughout your life with your upbringing and friends and experiences. And that better emotional regulation, it comes from the realization that emotions are temporary. Think about it. You went through it in that quarter-life crisis, hypothetically. You know, if, if you've already done that, yeah, you've been way, way up, you've been way, way down, and emotions are temporary. Your perspective will change. And another thing that comes from a quarter-life crisis commonly is learning to believe in yourself. And I think that's such a beautiful thing. I think that's a very, very beautiful thing. So... We've talked about a quarter-life crisis. Okay. And you're saying, Alice, that was a bit of psychology. That was a little bit of personal stories, but where's the spirituality? Where'd that go? And uh, here it is. I have it. No fears. The spirituality piece is coming in. We're going to talk about Saturn Return. And if you haven't heard of a Saturn return, oh boy, are you in for a ride. <laughs> it's what a Saturn return is. It was when you were born. And it happens every 27 to 29 years. Okay, well, Saturn's in the same position. Like, what the fuck does that mean? 
well, okay, it's, it's a time for dramatic change. And if you don't believe in astrology, that's fair. You don't have to listen. <laughs> but we're gonna, this is talking astrology here. I'm not, to, to clear the air, I am not a professional at this at all. Astrology is not my strong suit. Um, I'm very lacking. But I am in my Saturn return. And I heard about it, unfortunately, after it started. But, well, I learned a lot. <laughs> I learned a lot through these couple years. And I'll share with you. But first, we're going to talk about what is a Saturn return. So you're going to change. Things are going to change. Your life is going to change. It's a dramatic, huge change. And Saturn, Saturn kind of, you know, with astrology, you can, holding a specific type of energy, every zodiac sign, every house, every planet is its own energy. So, yes, Saturn, that planet, being in that position, it's kind of just bringing this, this wake-up call is kind of what it is. Saturn's themes, the representation of time passing, wisdom, responsibilities, regulations, boundaries, and hard work. And that sounds a lot like what you have to do when you're going through a quarter life crisis. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So Saturn is, uh, is here to teach me some lessons. And you too. And actually, everybody. Um, a Saturn return, like I said, happens about every 27 to 29 years. So most people, if they are living a normal life expectancy, are having three Saturn returns in their lifetime. And that's kind of crazy. But you learn from each one. You learn, you know, just like from the quarter life crisis, you learn how to emotionally regulate and how to deal with difficult situations. And it's like, if you're not an adult yet, better hurry the fuck up because Saturn's coming for you. So knowing what Saturn stands for, the maturity, wisdom, responsibilities, hard work, you know, that's, it's a lot <laughs> uh, for a mid to late 20 year old. And it's very normal for you if, if this is your Saturn return, it's normal to feel very overwhelmed by life. Having inner, deeper issues, kind of triggers or or new things that you didn't know you really had a problem with are kind of cropping up. You're learning about yourself and your inner person. Some people will reach like crisis point, which is, you know, a great time to reach out and get help. And just a general feeling of instability. All of that is super normal. Super normal. To deal with that, I would highly suggest therapy if you can afford it. Um, if not, there are other options. In the spiritual community, the word shadow work is thrown around a lot. You could do some shadow work. You could do some shadow work with a therapist or on your own or whatever. Just sit down with you and a pen and a notebook and and work your crap out like that's <laughs> that's an option but when we remember that we're feeling this way because saturn is here and bringing in a 
big amount of change. You're going to have to focus on fixing the issues that crop up in your life. You need to fix them with diligence and with patience and a mature mind as best you can. Just taking care of them when they happen, not ignoring them, not suppressing them, um, being patient through the process, you know, accepting that healing doesn't happen overnight and trying to think of it in a mature manner, whatever that means for you. Uh, I'm not going to define that. that. That's something that you need to decide. And if you're, you know, trying to put out fires from your Saturn return, uh, quick temporary fixes and shortcuts are not the way to go. Not. <laughs> not the way to go. Uh, Saturn would be very upset. So Saturn also, if you know anything about astrology, um, you may know about birth charts, which means that you have every planet assigned a specific house and a specific zodiac sign. And those two things will clue you in a lot about what your Saturn return is going to bring for you. If you're not there yet, or if you've just started, you can kind of look at this and see, oh, okay, I'm having all these problems, but look, I'm supposed to be focusing on this, and I haven't been, and that's where all those problems are coming from. And so you can kind of be prepared. Well, you won't be prepared, but you can kind of know what to expect a little bit. Again, I am not an astrologist. <laughs> I'm just not. I uh, did not know my actual finish date for my Saturn return until I looked it up for this episode. And I did not know what sign or what house it was in. Um, I had tried to figure those things out before, but had never been able to find good information. Uh, there's a lot of information, but a lot of it's not exactly what you're looking for when you need information about your Saturn return. Um, I do believe I have a Saturn return calculator that I will link below. And it was recommended to me by someone, but um, it's reliable. I got straight like from this day to this day, this is your exact day. And then I also think I will link a birth chart kind of um, in the description. Um, there's another website where you can type in your date of birth, you, the city you were born in, and uh, the time of birth. I know a lot of people don't have the privilege of knowing when they were born or even having the ability to ask and find out. If you do, that's great. If not, you should still be able to see what house and what sign your Saturn is in. My Saturn return started March 23rd of 2020. And... March 23rd of 2020 was a rough time for me. I was I was at my old job. It wasn't fun. I was having a not good time. And then that September, I ended up going on medical leave from work for mental health reasons. Then by January of 2021, that job finally fired me. And I was even debating, can I work? Am I able 
to to control my mental state and with the help of therapy really like truly good therapy and the right medications i was able to kind of muddle my way through it and in april of 2021 i got a job my job that i have now at the crisis line it changed my life it changed my life that's the reason i went back to school i decided to go into counseling because you know i loved it i love it so much and so there were a lot of career changes. That's a big one with Saturn Returns, changing your career. I didn't move to a new city. So that's that's one of those things that I didn't do. Getting married and breakups don't apply to me. Those were the examples I gave you. But just anything about changing your life is really what to expect. But then I looked at my house and my sign for my Saturn. And my Saturn is in Aquarius in the second house. And the second house represents income, money, self-esteem, and the physical and material. Boy, oh boy, does that hit. (laughs) Uh, Income, big change. Money, same thing. And physical and material. We we did change a lot around our house and, and things like that. And Aquarius, when put into this mix, trying to always be learning or seeking older and wiser people for wisdom and committing yourself to goals. And I think that really kind of sums up this last six months or so of my Saturn return. You know, I, I get a lot of messages from spirit that I've got to keep learning. <laughs> and they say, you don't have to choose. You don't have to pick one. Just learn it. Just sit down, take the time, and learn whatever you can. Learn all the things. My personal message, but it fits with my Saturn in Aquarius. So, you know, going out there and (laughs) trying to, and I went back to school, that's intellectual advancement. So, yeah. And the last one, committing yourself to goals. Boy, oh boy. (laughs) Going back to school really does give you a lot of goals, doesn't it? (laughs) But yeah, if you kind of look at it, A quarter-life crisis is very similar to a Saturn return. A quarter-life crisis will usually show up a little earlier. Not usually, sometimes. You might be like 25 and having a quarter-life crisis. But that 27 to 29-year range, that's that's when the Saturn comes in. and, And there is like a preparation period where you don't know it, but the universe knows it's a coming and you got to get ready. So, you know, it's a, it's a pretty long amount of time to be going through something so difficult. It just, it just is. It's, it's a long time. And I do have some suggestions on how to navigate a Saturn return. The first one would be to just accept it. Accept that this is happening. Don't fight it. Don't rage about it. Don't stew on on how unfair it is or how lost you feel or or it's, is it ever going to end, you've just got to accept that this is the right now. And I probably learned to do that a couple months ago. And I'll let you know, when you lose your resistance, things go faster. You know, you can push and push and push and say, go faster, please. I got to get out of this. I got to go, 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 go. Change, you know, <laughs> make things right. But when you sit back and say, okay, universe, it's your turn. I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you 
at least sit passenger seat while I drive the car. You hold the map. Let's do it together. You just gotta, you gotta understand that it's here and that, you know, that's, that's just life. It's just life. And don't fight. Don't resist the change. Just look at it and say, okay, all right, this is it now. We'll, we'll just go along with it. That's kind of how if, yeah, go along with it. Just go along with it. Don't question it. Don't fight it. Just go along with it. Another thing I would really suggest, even if you're going through a quarter life crisis and you don't believe in spirituality or astrology, you need to, there are going to be some inner issues, some hidden traumas or some personality traits of yourself. There are going to be things about yourself that need worked on, period. There is no human on this planet that does not have room to improve, ever. And so go ahead and to decide to work on what's going on on the inside. You know, accept what's going on on the outside. It's, it's going to be crazy. It could be at times crazy. But a lot of time, those inner issues are the real culprit of, of the hard parts. And again, I'm going to say it. Therapy is a great option. You can look into low-cost therapy around you. You can go to practicum clinics at colleges that offer free or very, very low-pay therapy sessions. You can look for online therapists. Don't let your inner issues overtake you. You've got to get help if you need to, and there's nothing wrong with that. Another thing that you need to do to get through this is be honest with yourself. Be totally honest with yourself. Don't hold this fantasy in your head of, of what is going on when, when that's not what's going on. Don't tell yourself, oh, no, that wasn't really a trigger. I just, like, didn't get enough sleep tonight. So that's why I exploded and yelled at you. <laughs> like, be honest with yourself. It's hard. But that's just a general thing for life. Be honest with yourself. Don't lie to yourself. Why would you lie to yourself? You gotta trust yourself, right? So don't lie to yourself. And in the end, you just gotta know it will be okay. After that time period, you know, your life may be shaken up and it might take a while for you to get back settled. But Saturn isn't here to wreck your world. Saturn is here to set you up on the path for a better, more fulfilling, more aligned, more on the path to your purpose. It is there to bring you into alignment with what you're meant to do and what you're meant to be. And whatever it is, it'll settle down. And coming out of it, you will be a much, much better person, a much better person. So I guess that's all I have for you guys today. I hope you're all doing well out there. If you ever need to say hi, or have a request for something I should talk about, or questions, or concerns, or anything that I need to be made aware of, please refer to the email address in my description box below. It'll be there, and anyone's free to email me anything. That's a Like I said, I will do my best to link a bunch of resources down in the description, as many as I can find. And again, Thank you all for being here. It's been a good time. And with that, I'll leave you. Have a good week. Bye.